0: I hope you're well this morning. Can we just, just pray one more time? Father, I pray that you would, just, you would ease our hearts, Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we come into hearing your word, I pray that you would limit distractions in our head. Lord, there's some great food coming up. Father, let it spur us on to lean into the message rather than lean out. Jesus, I pray that you would just be in this message. Lord, we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about your heart, the heart of a father. Lord, I pray that you would reveal something new to each one of us. Lord, I thank you that you are the Father, you are the good Father, Lord. We just give this time into Your hands. Let us be expectant in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, "Amen." Amen. One of the things I was thinking about as I was uh, preparing for the message this morning is, you've you've probably heard a lot of messages about fathers and God the Father. Or maybe you haven't, but as as many things that might not be new, I was thinking about why do I need to give Angie. Nice gifts every anniversary, or not every anniversary, every five years. In between, she doesn't get anything, right? But why, why on birthdays do we, we continue to give gifts every year? If you, I gave you a gift one birthday, I recognized it. I celebrated it. Why do you say I love you to your loved ones more than once? Why do we need that? It's the same thing that when we come and, and when we're talking about our Father, So some of the things and the truths that we might hear today, you might have heard before. But I would encourage you, just because you might have heard the generic topic before, that there's not something new that God can reveal to you in that topic. Amen? Because we need to say, I love you more than once. We need to engage more than once and give good gifts more than once. Amen? Because there's something about relationship. I mean, I, I wish you could just get it one and done, and then, you know, you've got everything. But that's not how it works. There's deeper levels. As we're, call, as we're singing, Good, Good Father, you call me deeper still. My prayer is that this morning we look at some of those deep wells that are en- encompassed within who the Father is. So I just encourage you to open up there. Point number one, I want to talk about three aspects of, of who the Father is this morning and just looking at the heart of the Father. But it's very, very simple, but he's always with us. He's always with us. I always like to start with a story. So who who in your family, it was okay when mom punished you, but when dad punished you, it was like game over. It wasn't my family. When, da- when it was time for dad to discipline, I said, Oh man, you know, you, you've really messed up if dad's coming to punish you. And my dad was was an intense guy, he still is an intense guy. Lord bless his heart. But when dad punishes, it was for real. And so I remember one time we were driving home from school. My dad was a, a Spanish teacher at the school that I worked, and he's also the swim coach on my swim team. And we're driving, and we had just a, a little car. And, you know, the, we came up to a merge. And so as we're driving up to this merge, there was another car that was right next to us. And so we were probably even with them. And my dad didn't slow down, and, and the other guy didn't slow down. And so the merge started getting less merged, started coming in and as we, we came in further and further and further, and my dad, he wasn't worried, and the other guy wasn't worried, although you could tell both of their faces were pl- probably getting a little bit more red as uh, neither of them was leaning in, and then you, you heard it. You heard the, the, it wasn't a crunch. Sometimes there's a crunch, but there was a big bump, and like, I knew, I was like, that guy's in trouble. I was like, I know when my dad gets, gets upset, there's, it's going down. You don't mess with my dad, and so I think the other guy thought the same thing, you don't mess with him, and so both of them got out of their car and they, they both slammed their doors, and I was like, it's going down. And so it, it seemed like it was going to go down until my dad got closer and closer and closer to this guy, because this guy was probably about here, and my dad was probably about here, and so this guy was less and less and less the man as he walked up, and then I think by the end, once he finally got near my dad, he said, I'm really sorry about that. It was just one of those kind but the story is, and since it's Father's Day, I'll throw in some dad stories this morning, but the heart of it was what? You don't mess with my dad, and here's the thing I think about today, the thing that was really heavy on my heart, or that that God had really placed there, is that we all get glimpses of the Father here on earth. We all get glimpses of who the Father is here on earth, and I alluded to it before that you might have the best dad ever. And a lot of us have had some phenomenal dads. And you might have had a struggle with your dad. You might not have had a dad at all. But we all get glimpses from dads or father figures of what the father's really like. And I think the glimpse that I got from my dad is, is the heart of the father. You don't mess with my dad. You don't mess with who he is. But we all get glimpses as we're looking at Father's Day and who our father is. I think we can't help but we can't really help it, but we are truly shaped by our own father or our father figures in our life as to how we view God the Father. It's kind of like, I mean, we're calling him dad, so the only point of reference that we have is, is our dad here on earth. And I, I just wanted to affirm that we do get glimpses of who God the Father is from our own dads. But then my own story is, is we had separation from my dad. When I was 10 years old, we came over here and he stayed in the States. And so I know what it's also like to be without a father. And I know what it is to have the lack of a father. And I'm going to share a little bit more about that as we go. But what I wanted to share, just um, I, I, was, I was thinking I needed to get a dad joke in here somewhere. Um, and I had this really long one, but I said, oh, man, I, just, I don't even like dad jokes. So I just have a really s- s- short one that as I was reading the word, I just said, oh, man, this is perfect. There was somebody, and this is a stretch, so just work with me. So Joshua knew what it was like to not have a dad. He was Joshua, son of none. That's pretty good. Pete liked that one. Joshua, son of none. So moving on from the dad joke, we have to get out of the way early and fast, right? So Joshua, I just wanted to look at a very quick part of his life. It's just going to be a quick example. When he was... Um, getting prepared to take on and lead Israel. He was having his father figure, Moses, he was going to be leaving. He was pretty much going to be dying soon. And I wanted to look at what, and it, and it says in the word that Joshua was Moses' assistant from his youth. Joshua was with Moses for a really, really long time. And so, what are the words that Moses gave to Joshua when Moses was going to be leaving Joshua? He was going to be, so Joshua was now not going to have that father figure anymore. And this is what he said. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. I just, I just wanted to rest in the fact that as we're, as we're talking about our Father, He's never going to leave you. He is always with you. I think sometimes we don't act like he's with us. I think sometimes we feel like he's not there and we we sometimes act silly or whatever it is, but he's always with you. He's never going to leave you. No matter how great any dad is on this world, they can't be there all the time. But all of us have the father who is always with you. This morning as we're thinking about the father, I just wanted to think about some different aspects of who he is and what God the father really looks like for us. The verse that is particularly powerful for me in Psalm 68, verse 5, it says that he is a father to the fatherless, that God is a father to the fatherless, and I don't want to just include somebody like myself who, who didn't have my dad for a big portion of my life, but I think all of us, to some degree, are fatherless in the sense that our dads, just like what I said, they're not always there. I wish that I could be where my, my two boys are all the time knock any kids out that try and be mean to them. You know, just, I wish I could always be there. I wish I could always be saving them. I wish I could always be there, but I can't. It's one of the hardest lessons as a dad to let that go. But the truth and the power of that comes that I know that God is always with them. And, and the, the main thing that I feel God has been speaking to me this morning is we all know these truths, but do we really know them? I can tell you that I'd, I'm not comfortable when I have to leave my boys in the trust of someone that I don't know or, you know, what those things are. We have to let go. We have to let know that God is our Father. And the next point I'm going to talk about is trustworthiness. But God will never leave you and He'll never forsake you. And the words of Moses, the spiritual father to Joshua, says what? The Lord has already gone before you. This morning, I hope that we hear the cry of the heart of the Father that no matter what you're going through, He's already gone before you. There's no surprises coming up around the corner that He hasn't seen. There's no mysteries that He hasn't already walked through. There's no troubles that He hasn't already become the solution for. He is always with you, and He will never leave you, and He'll never forsake you. Just like we need to say, I love you, to our loved ones, we need to hear that we'll never be left alone. Open up your spirits this morning to hear that he's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. You have a dad, you don't mess with my dad. You have a dad that will never leave you and never forsake you. That should build in us such a confidence. And that's why we need the reminders, because sometimes I walk like I'm doing it alone. I walk like I'm struggling through this thing by myself. But he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. You have a father who you cannot mess with, who is always going to be with you. Amen? He is a father to the fatherless. And this morning as we celebrate Father's Day, this is for all of us to celebrate our heavenly father. Point number two, he is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. So my poor dad is just getting all the stories this morning. One Christmas, I just told Roy Gilmore this story actually. One Christmas we... um, I think it was one of the first Christmases that my mom and my dad spent together. And uh, my mom's not here, so I can tell whatever stories I want. Um, She wrapped up um, some rocks. Um, And my dad and his family take Christmas very, very seriously. And my mom and her family did not. And so she wrapped up some rocks. And uh, she was quite pleased with herself. She thought this was going to be just a great experience to um, experience with her um, new husband. And there's a tradition that they have that every Christmas Eve, they're going to open a present. And so she decided that was the one that she wanted him to open. And so there's a photo that we have of my dad right after he's received this present. And you can see there's a smile on his face, but you can tell that he's not very happy. And I think afterwards, he, he was pretty upset. But there's a scripture that says... Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? How many of us have heard that scripture before? It's a good scripture. How many of us believe it? I I believe it up here sometimes, but trying to let it sink down into here is a different matter. I worry at times. I worry that things aren't going to go the way that they're supposed to go. I I allow fear to creep in at different times. And what I mean is this. I have two questions. We agree with this. Are you asking, seeking, and knocking? Are you asking, seeking, and knocking? Because the scripture says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. As I was going over this passage of scripture, I wonder have we asked before and have we not received? If we go back to our only point of reference which is here on earth, our father figures here on earth, our fathers here on earth. Have we asked and we've not received? Have you gone knocking on the door for something and have you have you had rejection? Has that door been shut? Have you gone seeking for something and have you not found what you've been looking for? I think so much our our experiences here on earth shape the way that we view God and how God works. But he says, ask and you will find. Ask, I should read it out. Everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. It took me a really, really, really long time to pray, Father. My dad is wonderful, and he's also got some huge challenges, too. But it took me a really long time to pray, Father, because what a father was, what I'd experienced was was not something that I could attribute to God, because I knew in my head he's good, and I knew all these things that the Word said about God. But if if I was honest and truthful, I didn't believe them in my heart, even though I knew them up here. And this morning, that's the thing that I want to look at, is examine, let's not let God the Father be a distant God the Father, but let's see who He really is, the heart of the Father. And, and I, want to, I, I don't only want to emphasize the negative, because I think in all of our fathers, we see glimpses of the real Father, no matter how good or great they are. And I know a lot of very phenomenal dads in here too. But it took me a really long time to, to learn how to pray Father. My lack of a father very much shaped my view. And I'll be very honest, oftentimes I even catch myself still today not asking because I don't know if God will actually give it. I find myself not actually seeking because I don't know if I'm really going to find it. I find myself holding back because I don't trust God the Father. He says, Ask and you will receive. Are you asking? I think, I, I, I don't know about you, but I hold sometimes my things far too much within myself. I've got this problem, and I'm like, man, this problem's huge, isn't it, Jesse? I'm like, man, it's huge, and it stays with me. I'm not asking God into the situation. I'm not seeking, even sometimes, the dreams that are on our heart. Are we seeking after them, or are we afraid we're going to get rejection I think I just love this passage. It just stood out to me, and it's talking about our Father. But it finishes this. Your Father who is in heaven gives good things to those who ask Him. This morning, just as we need reminders that I love you, I want to let you know that your Father has good things for you. But He needs you to ask Him. He needs you to seek. He needs you to pursue Him. You won't ask if you don't trust. And then there's this. By not asking, you reinforce your belief that he's untrustworthy. It's a vulnerable place to go with her father. Who loves giving gifts to their kids? I love giving gifts to my kids. I like probably love it way too much. I got some birthday money. I used all of it, and I just bought them presents. I just said, oh, man. And they've got way too many things. But God says that if we know how to give gifts, how much more does he? And again, it's not just... The cry of my heart this morning is for us to not just hear the words and say, yep, God gives good gifts, I know that, check. It's allowing Him to touch you where you felt like you haven't received those good things and still to know that He is the giver of all good things. Still to know that your best days are ahead of you. It's the character of God, it's the Father of God that builds trust. Ask Him for He wants to give you some phenomenal things. There's, uh, my heart was, was, I was, as I was praying for this morning, there's, there's some people here, and I, I'm not, not going to say their name, but there's some situations that my heart was just breaking for that, that God really does want to see your family set free. He really does want to see restoration in your family. I think too often we can carry things like that. He does want to see your estranged kids come back to the knowledge of who you are and who the, who the God Almighty is. Too often, we get so used to our circumstances and we stop trusting our Father that that we know it in our head and we trust Him up here, but our actions have stopped following that. That we're not actually asking Him. That we're not actually going to Him. That we're not actually seeking after what He has for us. But your Father already knows what you need. He is good and He wants to give you those things. The two other things that I felt God put on my heart that I think some of us might have stopped asking for, stopped believing for, is health, health in your family, health, just in mental health as well, and they're just the word of peace. You've been asking for peace, but are you holding it close? Or are you really going to God the Father? Do you trust Him enough to bring it to Him? Because it's one thing to know about God up here, but it's another to actually go to the Father. Because we have a Father to the fatherless. We 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 have a Father when no one else is there. He's always with us. Are you bringing the things to him that you need to be bringing? Or are you keeping them with you? He's a good father who wants to give us good things. The last point is this. He is our savior. He is our savior. It is the heart of the father and any parent to save their kid. Romans 8.15 says this, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. I was so struck. Abba, Abba means father. It's just, it means father. And... Um, in the Bible, it's only used three times, and the three times when it's used, it's not used in the sense of like. And, and this is where I was going to infuse my really long dad joke because another title that I had for this, that He is our Savior, is not your ordinary kind of dad. I think oftentimes we can see a dad as somebody that is jovial, that is that is nice, that maybe has a couple of dad jokes up his sleeve, and I and I think well God loves to laugh. I don't think He's not your ordinary everyday kind of dad. He's a Savior. And when, we're referencing, when they reference Abba Father in the Bible, it's when they're talking directly to Him. So it's not talking about Him. It's when they're talking directly to Him. And each time, it's not saying, yo, Abba, what's up? It says, when we cry, Abba Father, and it's got exclamation, exclamation afterwards. I think there's something that we have to break through our culture. of We get used to what a dad is. And even if you have a great dad, it might just be like, yep, that's my dad. I, couldn't I remember as I was growing up and with my dad and my mom, I couldn't wait to become independent and, and not separate myself from them, but, you know, go out on my own and, and achieve my own things. That is not the kind of relationship that we want to have with God the Father. It's when we cry, Abba Father, there's something about that cry that I want to talk about today. There is something about the cry of our heart. I was thinking about, um, parents, do you know the different kinds of cries of your kids? You can tell the fake ones. Those are the ones when I start to get upset. You know, come on, boys. I know the real ones, and then I know the real, real ones, when your kid's really in hurt. I mean, that's ones where we all come running, right? There's different kinds of cries that we make. One of the things... Archer started developing this thing, and he's only, he's only three. He'll be four in January. But when he gets hurt, he doesn't, he doesn't cry for us anymore. He, he'll cry maybe, but he runs to his room, and he shuts the door, and he's just mad and angry and hurt. And, and when we try and go in, he, he doesn't want even to let us come in because he doesn't want to share that hurt with us. He's actually trying to keep all of that hurt to himself. But that's the opposite of what God the Father is asking from us. What a picture of Archer. And, you can, and I think it's probably maybe you saw it with your own kids or when, but yourself when you were a teenager. There's a sense of you're wanting to handle stuff by yourself. It's this, this separation. And that's where we learn the picture of a father through our, through our lives. My three-year-old son is already pushing the father away. And wanting to handle it by himself. and wanting, He's just hurt, and he, he's not getting the help that he needs. And he's by himself. But I love, this, I love this scripture, and there's three scriptures in Romans, Galatians, and Jesus himself. I think it's in Mark. And when Jesus cries out, Abba, Father, it's when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying that he doesn't have to go on to the cross. And he cries out, Abba, Father. My encouragement to you today is that God our Father is not a really nice guy in the sky that gives us some dad jokes sometimes. But He is our very present help in time of need. He is our Savior. But the dads can't help if you're going to take your stuff and go into the back room and you're just going to take that pain and stay there. He is our Savior, but there's certain kind of cries that will bring the Father to you. And it is the cry of the heart when we cry, Abba, Father... I think sometimes, I don't know what prohibits us from being able to have this kind of a relationship with our Father. And again, and we've talked about the parallels of sometimes what it might be from your own experiences. But breakthrough, maybe it's even religiosity, maybe it's just whatever it might be, pride. Don't let anyone stop you from going to your Father when you need it. Don't let yourself stop you. Amen? He is our Savior. And I, I love the picture of what it is because... I think too often we might think, I I just picture Archer in his room. He thinks that's the best option for him. He really does. It's probably maybe the least embarrassing. That I, I don't know what it is, but he's fine taking care of himself. But there's really only two options. And I love the comparison of what this scripture says. We have a spirit of slavery and we have a spirit of adoption. We have a spirit of slavery and a spirit of adoption. What are, what are we talking about here? It says a spirit of slavery back into fear. Or a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters. Abba Father changes the game with this kind of stuff. We have a choice to be a son and a daughter and to be free. Or we have a choice to be in slavery and in fear. You know when Archer's back in his room... He's afraid and he's hurt and he's sometimes confused. I think I just get this picture that a lot of us are in the back room and we're, you know, we've, we've run away and we're hiding and we're just feeling that pain. We're feeling that hurt and we're just letting it fester. But the father's just right outside the door, but you just need to knock on the door and he's going to open it and come in. Can you hear the cry of the father? And it's not, it's not a good day, mate. It's a cry of the father. It's Abba, Father. When you have a need, cry out to him. Don't have, go have a nice, polite conversation with him because he's not polite. My dad is someone that you don't mess with. Amen? Imagine if you'd crash into God's car, what would happen? He'd probably fix it and bless them. So. Our dad is a savior, and we are his sons and daughters. We can cry, Abba, Father. But it is a cry of vulnerability and sureness Knowing he can save us, he can save you. That's the other thing that, I, that it was. This is the last point: was he is our savior. But I want to let you know this morning, and you already know it. He's not just your savior for salvation, but he's savior for your situations right now. He's your savior for whatever you're going through. For whatever is impossible right now, he's your savior. He's not our Savior one time. He's your Savior again and again and again. But we, we can often distance ourselves from him. He can see you out of that thing. Think about that thing right now. I've got multiple of that things that I'm going through in my own life. I think we all do. He is your Savior. He is the one that will see you out we have to know who the heart of God is. We have to think about the character of who God is. If you know it up here, could all of us probably recite in Bible, in, in Sunday school, you ask the kids, who saves us? Jesus. Who's the best? Jesus. Jesus is the answer to everything, and it works. We know that from a really young age, but this morning I want to impart to you the sense that he is your Savior. That as you walk into this week and you walk into those situations, you walk with a different confidence, knowing that your Savior's with you. You walk and you know He is trustworthy, that He wants to give me these good things. That regardless of what the circumstance is right here, we know the character and the heart of who the Father is. There's a difference with knowing here and knowing here. My heart this this morning is that we can just ponder that and let that actually come in here and start to do something and recognize, actually, you know what? God, I can let go of that. God, I can come out of my little room where I've, I'm in fear and I start to come into slavery to these things. Because of my fear, I start to make these choices that aren't the right choices and I start to bind myself up into slavery. But he says, I am your son and daughter. When you cry, Abba, Father, I am here to come and help you. Amen? He is with us always. He is trustworthy. And, and I love the dads here and again, hear my heart, but he is not our earthly father. I think we have to make... I had to. We had to make a conscious decision that God the Father, as well-intending as our fathers here on earth, He is not our Father. But He's a Father to the fatherless. The last verse that I had on my heart to share with you this morning is 1 John 3.1. It says this, See what great love the Father has lavished on us. That's a great word, lavished. That we should be called children of... Of God, And that is what we are. Again, not to harp on the point, but the first word in that verse is see. I think too often we just skip by that and we get the information that the Father's got great love for us that He wants to lavish on us. But it says see. The definition of see is to perceive, is to discern. This morning, can you perceive and you discern, it's, a, it's, it's this, this deeper level of knowing that the Father has lavished His love on you. Why is this message so important? Because we have a world that is broken, and they're hurting. We have to be able to carry this message of the Father, that He's lavishing His love on us. And the best message isn't one that we can impart. We could all go tell people this verse. But it's a whole other thing to be living in this verse. To be living in the lavishing love of our Father that we're called His children. This morning I have such a sense to say that you are His child. The Bible declares, and that is what we are, and it brings an exclamation point. Can you walk out of here today with the sense that you are truly a child of the living God? Don't let that Bible school knowledge of who God is and say that's a really nice idea, but but honestly, your dad is, is the king of kings. Honestly, your dad is your savior. Honestly, he's trustworthy. We have to let these truths seep into us so they change the way that we walk, the way that we talk. Father's Day, I don't know what kind of emotions it brings up in you. Some good, maybe some bad, some indifferent. But we have a Father who is amazing, who wants to transform your... I don't know if you've been around a little bit. You're going to continue to hear the sound that we want to be transformed, not so we stay nice and transformed, so that we can go and transform others. Our heart is that we understand the heart of the Father so that we can go out and show the heart of the Father to other people around us. We're not wanting to keep this to ourselves. We're wanting to share the message of the heart of a father who loves us with a lavishing kind of love. What does lavish mean? Luxurious, costly, grand, elaborate, splendid. We have a father whose heart is that for us. We can know it. We can let our earthly experiences kind of change that. But you need to cry, Abba, Father. And find Him in that. Amen? Can I have just... Uh, is, oh, Angie's not even here. It's okay. I just wanted to... If, if, you need a, if you need prayer this morning, I just wonder if we could create an atmosphere of prayer just, just for five minutes. I would love to pray for you. I would love for some of the eldership team to pray for you. Because this, this is an opportunity to cry, Abba Father. So I just, I just... Let's pray. Father, we just come before you right now. Jesus, I pray that you would break down barriers right now that you've been trying to get into people's hearts. You've been, waiting for them to, you've been waiting for them to ask. You've been waiting for them to knock. You've been waiting for them to seek. Lord, and I pray that right now, there would be people asking that have never asked before. And they wouldn't be asking from a place of fear and slavery, but they would be asking from a place of a son and a daughter. Jesus, I pray that there would be breakthrough in this place. Lord, we speak your spirit, the spirit of adoption, Jesus, that we are truly your sons and your daughters. Jesus, there is freedom that comes when that happens. Lord, we pray that you would just establish your place in here right now, Father, as we respond to what you're doing. In your mighty name, Jesus.
1: Can i just encourage you whatever whether you feel to come forward or whether you're just sitting quietly in your seat i read something this week about when we ask and when we seek and when we knock and we keep on doing those things and we don't get what we're answering we've been requesting or looking for it's that space where we get disillusioned it's that space where the enemy just wants to go in there and just take hold of that thing that you can say yes I used it like a formula I asked, I sought and I knocked and I keep on knocking and there we are I didn't get what I was asking for I want to encourage you to fill that vacuum and fill that space that the enemy just so likes to take hold of and fill. I want you to fill it with God's faith and with hope and with life this morning. Another thing I read in the same when I was just listening to this was prayer is relieving the pressure or the weight of the issue that we're holding on to and finding God's perspective in it. What is the issue that you feel a weight and a pressure on you this morning? I want to encourage you to bring it to the feet of the Father, whether you come forward for prayer or whether you sit in your own space, just right now I want you to realize that prayer is where we relieve the pressure or the weight that's sitting on our shoulders and we find God's perspective in it, and it won't always be what you think you want. It may be that you are changed in the process, that you are a different person, that you are transformed, and you have had spiritual muscle built onto you that wasn't there before, because it's not a formula. It's not a process. It's about finding God in the midst of our lives. And I know so many of us are carrying those things where we've, we've asked, we've sought and we've knocked and we haven't had the answer. I want to encourage you for the life of your own spiritual life and that of your family, fill that vacuum quickly and find God in that, and let him give you that spirit of perseverance, that spirit of hope, and may you find him, which is actually the essence of life, to find and to know God for ourselves in the middle of it. Be encouraged today, and may you know God in the midst of the circumstances of your life.
0: Amen. Let's just, let's just close and pray. We'll leave the altar up, but Father, we just thank you for who you are. You are a good father. You're always with us. You are trustworthy. You are a savior. Jesus, we walk out of the knowledge different today with a reminder that we say, I love you again. Lord, reveal to us a deeper part of you as we go out this week. Lord, I pray that there would be truly transformed hearts. Lord, let us let you into those deeper places, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.